welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, where we discuss all things money, because of course, whether or not we like it, money matters. I'm your host, Maya Fisher-French. Today, we're going to be setting the record straight around early access to pensions, which is dominating the conversation around retirement funding at the moment. There is so much miscommunication and misunderstanding around this topic that I just feel completely compelled to set the record straight and to inform my listeners as to what this so-called two-pot system actually means. And to do so, I have Rowan Berger. Rowan chairs the Social Security Standing Committee to CESA, and he's on the Retirement Reform Task Team at NEDLAC. So he really has his finger on the pulse of retirement reform. So welcome, Rowan. And I must say, I do appreciate your time at this very, very busy period. So thank you. Thanks, Maya. Um, feel like I'm being set, set up here in terms of um, Herculean task ahead of me, but um, this is this is a very important change and very excited about it. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be a good discussion. Okay. So, and, and, and as I was saying to you, Rowan, just before we started recording, you know, I've been wanting to do this podcast. I've been wanting to explain to people. And then, of course, I saw you're going to be speaking at the Actuarial Society Conference on Monday. And I thought, oh, of course, Rowan, I've known you for very many, many years. I know you're an expert. So I'm really, really appreciate you, you agreeing to do this. But let's start off um, just explaining to people in simple terms what this two-pot system is that has been proposed by National Treasury. Now, thanks, Maya. I think let's take a step back and, and talk about the history of how it's come about, because I think that'll give people context for what the design is and what it's trying to achieve. So you'll recall around COVID, everybody was really panicking with the economic lockdown, losing jobs, and people were saying, but hang on, I've got no cash and I need my retirement money and I want it now. And the unions came forward and said, can we find a way to access retirement funding? Mm-hmm. Now, some countries around the world were doing that, um, but they don't have a system like ours where you can cash in every time you change jobs. So that's the other problem that we have with our system. On the one hand, your money is stuck there until you, you sort of change jobs. And then when everybody changes jobs, they cash in their pension fund. So the opportunity now arose to sort of solve that issue, to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. So what the proposal really is looking at doing is saying that your retirement fund has two portions. One is an access portion and one is a retirement portion. The access portion is there for your emergency. So if touch wood, the next economic emergency comes around and people need access to their money urgently, they can go to this access part and have access to money for, to get immediate relief. But then the retirement part locks down your money and it's there for retirement. Because remember, government is giving us tax incentives because they're hoping that we're not going to be a burden on the state in retirement. So they're saying, okay, we'll give you these tax incentives, but we want to keep this money locked until retirement. So the retirement part will collect contributions and you can only access that part in the event that you retire. I think it's incredibly important because people don't, I think, understand. They're so busy listening to hearing the word early access that they're not hearing the part about compulsory preservation, which is kind of quite smart on Treasury's part because, of course, they've been talking about compulsory preservation for years. It's been part of the retirement reform process. They've been talking about it. Um, and this is a way, I suppose, of actually slipping it in uh, without people quite realizing what they're, what they're agreeing to. So it's yes, 
Yes, you can have early access to a portion of your money, but the rest, guys, when you change jobs, you can't touch it. And I thought Rona was quite interesting. I don't know if you've seen the work Alexander Forbes done around this. I'm sure Momentum, you work for Momentum, you've done something similar. The impact of compulsory preservation, even if it's just on two thirds, is absolutely massive in improving uh, retirement outcomes in South Africa. Absolutely, Maya. So the average South African will end up with five times salary at retirement because you're going to have seven jobs and nine times out of 10 people are cashing in their money. If we keep that two-pot system, we will, that, that average person will have 10 to 12 times. And if he saves all of his access parts, 18 to 20 times. Mm. So you can see assets in the system will grow around about two or three times, which is fantastic. Mm. I think it's also important to sort of go back to, well, now how do we split these two pots? So the thinking was, in a pension fund, we all know you can take one-third in cash and two-thirds you must buy an annuity. So we just copied that template. There's no great science around, you know, what, how much should you access and how much should you put into retirement. But I think it's quite important that we, we, we stick to that. We mustn't think that that's ever going to change. As I mentioned, government are really worried that people are getting to retirement and we've seen the poor outcomes. So we want that stickiness. And that stickiness over time will increase the assets in the system. And very importantly for members, more assets in the system for the same infrastructure makes the system cheaper. Mm. But now there's another very important point to all of this. So everyone's getting very excited. They're saying, I'll, I'll, I'll do compulsory preservation, but please, can I access 30% of my pension? And my understanding of it is, no, actually, you can't. So if, for example, you have built up 100,000 rand in your pension fund as of today, you're not going to be able to access 30,000 rand. It's only on future contributions. Absolutely. Now, that's very important. And I think that everybody needs to understand that when we make changes to the retirement system, we always honor past legacy benefits. So you mustn't worry that because this two-part system's coming in, two-thirds of your existing pot will be locked down and you can't have access to it. So going forward, all your old money will retain its rights. So we call it legacy money. And we talk about sometimes legacy pots. You'll hear people talking about legacy pots. So if you have a provident fund, that means you can take all of that money in retire at retirement in cash. Uh, that's just recently changed, but there's a legacy pot there for, for, for provident fund monies that remains. So if you're 30 now and you've got some money in a provident fund, by the time you're 60, you will still be able to encash that at retirement. So very important that we always maintain the integrity of the promises that, that, that we give the system. Um, it also then means that um, if you have a pension fund, the same goes. Now, those two pots of money, when you change jobs, the rules at the moment are you can access them. In the two-pot system, the rules will be you can access those pots of money. So the important question then is, well, what happens in the future? Mm. So now we have the new two-pot system. The access pot, you'll be allowed to access under certain rules, and, and Treasury is still to come out with those rules. But let's say it's likely to be something like once a year. You know, so we don't want people using this to sort of bail them out at the end of the month all the time. This isn't a transactional account. This is really for emergencies. Ideally, you should be thinking this whole pot is your retirement um, sort of savings pot, then that two-thirds will remain in a retirement pot that you'll be able to access from 55 from early retirement. 
And, and again, coming back to the point that this is only on future contributions. So anything that you have built up to the point and date that this comes into effect, you still cannot have early access to unless you resign. So and I think exactly. that's a key point. You would have to, it's still the same rules. The current money you have, same rules we're living with. This is only for every rand you contribute post the date it comes effective. So if so in your case, so say it came into effect next month, um, as an example, in 12 months' time, if you had your new contributions were now 10,000 rand, so you'd now accumulated an additional 10,000 rand over the last 12 months, you could only ac- you could then access 3,000 rand of that in this scenario to, 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 to the client. But it doesn't mean that that 100,000 or 200,000 that you have already accumulated, you can access. And, and this is what concerns me, Rowan, is that I think people really don't understand that. And I'm seeing so many people asking me, and I think they really think that all their problems, all their financial problems are going to be resolved when they can get their hands on at least a third of their, or 30% or third of their um, of their pension fund. And they're actually not going to be able to, not, not until one year into the new, the new system and then only the contributions then. And I think that's absolutely key, key, key to, to understand. Um, and I wanted to ask you now, when I keep talking about the effective date, where are we? What is this? When are we expecting to see this process? Where, you know, it's out for discussion. Do we have any timelines? Uh, we had a pretty reasonable idea of the proposal in a paper the Treasury released in December. And their process then is to incorporate these changes in the taxation laws amendment bill. So you'll hear us talking about TLAB. That's going to come out probably before the end of July or maybe early August, where we will see the firm proposals. Those then get debated and those then either get um, effected at the start of the next tax year, so 1 March 2023 or 1 March 2024. From an industry perspective, you will appreciate this is going to have a huge impact on our systems. Our systems are designed to have you in the fund and then out the fund and pay you out. Now we have to sort of part pay you. So we're going to have to create these new two pots. We're going to have to create the rules around how we pay them out. We'll have to change pension fund rules. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. And our view is between now and 1 March next year is just too tight. Obviously, Treasury are pushing, but we think that, Much to your point around people are confused, the extra 12 months will allow people to get their heads around this. Mm. I think the important thing also is you were saving 15% for retirement and that was fine. You probably need to be saving 18 or 20% because you know you're going to take this access part for something else. Mm. (laughs) So so you need to then sort of almost think of that retirement part as being 15% and then maybe... You know, you need to have seven and a half sitting in the access pot, mm. and then you maintain that one third, two thirds sort of split. But those are the sorts of conversations people need to have with their financial advisors. But I think it's very important that people get their heads around things. But you know, Rowan, you were just talking about the complexities of this for the retirement for the retirement industry for for the fund managers, um, because we really have got all these other pots that are still in the, because of the move of preservation of, of provident funds. Um, of course, from the first of March was it twenty? When did when did the was it twenty? 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20
Provident funds changing the rules um, so that you, you know your money before March 2021 you could still um, still access fully since 20 any contribution since 2021 you can't access fully at retirement it'll go into annuitization then you've got to add this layer on and that layer on so I do feel very very sorry for the admin departments and the system writers for retirement funds um, you know National Treasury makes these changes and then um, the industry has to implement them so so yeah it is complicated um, yes. and I mean, we, um, so, so sorry, Maya, to cut you off there, but it's important to understand that the two-pot system is five pots uh, for that reason. Exactly, yeah. But I'm, I'm cutting you off because I think there's there's also a mindset change that we all will need to make in as we move to this new, new system. And that at the moment, those money types that we have, I have a pension fund, I have a provident fund, I have a new fund, I have a retirement annuity, I have a preservation fund. We have um, policies for those different money types. This new system is really designed to have, to give us one policy with different types. And so hopefully it does lead to some element of consolidation that means that the people um, have reduced admin charges because they're paying one policy fee instead of five. Yeah, that, I mean, that is a good point as well. And of course, it is it is beneficial for those entering retirement funding for the first time, new market entrants, you know, their, their rules are a lot simpler than, than somebody perhaps sort of coming up to retirement has got, no, I don't know, what, five pots? <laughs> it's very confusing. But uh, I wanted to ask you also, um, you know, the Government Employee Pension Fund, that actually sits outside the, the Pension Fund Act. And that is one of my big listenerships. One of my, I get a lot of questions from them as well. How, would do, how is that fitting into the two system, considering that this is something that, you know, it is a separate act of parliament, effectively. So the intention is that all pension funds, even those not covered by the Pension Funds Act, are included in, in, in the system. So that would include the GEPF. Now, most of us are on what are called defined contribution funds that work like a bank account. I put my contributions in, I get investment returns, and I can understand the balance. The GEPF is slightly different. It's what we call a defined benefit, which says, I will tell you what your benefit will be when you retire, and then I have to employ an actuary to tell us how much money we need today in order to meet that benefit. So it doesn't really have an easily identifiable pot today because it's what the actuary says mm -hmm. the future value of that pension promise is today. And so it's going to take a little bit of work. Um, there are two potential ways in which they might do it. They might say... If you're taking from your access pot and we pay you out, um, let's say, let's, let's, let's keep the numbers easy. You've been there for 12 months. You're taking out a third. They may only give you nine months worth of service in terms of your pension pot promise. So they will reduce your benefit by that one third. Uh, sorry, that would be eight months. Um, my, my maths is wrong. It's eight months worth of promise. You've taken out four, four months worth of benefit. That's the third. Or they will pay you out a, 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 a sort of a sum of money, say 10,000 Rand, and then they will accumulate that 10,000 Rand until you get to retirement, and then they will deduct that from the end benefit. So mm -hmm. I think we'll, we'll wait to see how the GEPF um, tackle that issue. It is possible. It's a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. And so because you would need to be testing with the actuary all the time, I think the frequency with which people in the GEPF can access their pot maybe a little bit more limited. So you will have seen in the, the December sort of announcement from National Treasury, they said it's up to the trustees to decide how members will have access. So mm -hmm. I think this is a great example of where 
practically, because it's more difficult to do the calculations, they may say, we're getting the actuary to do all of the calculations on the 1st of July. So your option to access your pot will be on the 1st of July because that's when the numbers are available. Mm -hmm. Or alternatively, they'll say, you know, look, we only want you to do this every three years because um, it, is, it is very difficult. Mm -hmm. From an industry perspective, our feeling was we don't want to put too many restrictions on members in terms of accessing their pot. Um, as I said, we worry that it becomes a transactional pot, but the reason is if I tell somebody you can only have access to your pot in every five years and that's in the instance where, you know, the planets are aligned or, or some other very onerous condition, when the planets are aligned and I've got to my five years, it's only natural I would drain my entire access pot because I don't know when next I will qualify mm -hmm. to do that. So what we said is, we would like this to be as flexible as possible to allow people true access to the pot and then nudge them in the right direction. The sorts of things that you always talk about, why you need to, to save for retirement. Um, but then there are these practicalities that apply. And um, the GPF is a great example where trustees need to sort of come up with rules that are then practical. These old retirement annuity funds um, that, that are built on these old legacy systems I think trustees of those old RAs, particularly those RAs that promise you an extra benefit if you saved all the way through to retirement, if you're accessing early, that promise is going to reduce. Mm. And so trustees are going to have to take a little bit of time to solve those problems. So I think members should have, I would probably say this is likely to come in on the 1st of March, 2024. And then for those more difficult examples, Trustees may take a little bit longer, but there's another great reason why I think 2023 is a bit rushed for us and 2024 is more practical. Actually, it's, in there, I mean, again, another very important point. And, 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 you know, I have to tell you, Ron, the worst thing that happened to me as a journalist was when Tito Mboweni made it put out on Twitter or something or some interview that he thought that he said National Treasury should let people access their pension funds when he was, uh, was finance minister. And, of course, I was inundated because the finance minister had said it. And, and, and I kept saying, you know, you don't understand how long this will take for this to happen. It's going to be way past COVID. It's not going to, <laughs> I mean, I was, of course, in, in begging National Treasury to, to do something like release the 25,000 rand that you can take tax-free, you know, um, when, when you change jobs and things like that, because people were desperate. But, you know, these things, you know, move incredibly slowly. And there is so much debate. I mean, you sit on Ned, Ned Lack you know, to get consensus on that, like, the planets really have to align. So I think it is important for people to understand that this is not happening quickly. They're sitting in debt and they think this is going to solve their problems. It's really, really, really not. Please don't hold your breath and please don't wait for it. Um, and, and I'm going to have to get a standard response to everybody who keeps asking me for this row and I'm just going to send them a link to this podcast. <laughs> so. Well, I think my, you know, the other point that you've raised is, you know, everybody thought of their pension fund as the deposit on their next car. And so every time they changed jobs, they got a new mm. car. And so that, it no longer exists. And so people are going to have to save a little bit more, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. And so I think, you know, people need to get their heads around this fact. That's why I sort of said, you know, 15% is no longer enough. And so given that we know this is coming in 2024, next time you get a salary increase, Take 2% of that, and I know inflation is running away from us and we're facing horrible interest rate increases at this, at this point in time. Take 2% and drop it into the pot. And next time you get an increase, take 2% and drop it in the pot. And so slowly work yourself to that level of contribution that will give you 
the right level of access and some savings on the side. And, and Rowan, just something that, 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 as you were saying that, I think there's two questions I actually have on that, on, on if you do that, knowing that you're probably going to access it, what is the tax implications? Because, of course, you're going to get taxed on that, um, or they're going to bring in that 25000 as a one-off, or how, how, are you, how is the tax going to hand, be handled? So the, the 25000 at the moment is off the table, um, but I think that there will be a lot of people who will try and argue for it. I'm in a world where if we were to give what we call seeding, the access to the 25, then you must take 50 from your existing pot and put it into the retirement pot. And so then you will understand how the two thirds, one thirds makes. You will have to commit 50,000 to go alongside the 25. Now, there is a little bit of a concern that you can get your tax deduction and then immediately access it from the access pot and your marginal tax rate may be higher than the tax rate that applies on the access pot. And so, you know, over a year, given the 350 max, you can score from tax to the tune of about 11,000 rand a year. Now, Treasury are thinking about that and looking at a couple of options. Maybe the access pot gets added to your personal income tax for the year. And so it gets taxed at your marginal rate. So then it's completely neutral in terms of whether you got the deduction or not. I'm not in a world where I think that the two pots should be taxed differently. I want people to think of this as one retirement pot with an escape valve um, rather than here's my retirement pot and this is my December holiday accumulation fund and I'll be accessing it all the time. Um, but I think that, that that's one of the important things that we'll see when this T-Lab comes out, what the proposal is in terms of the taxation of, of these benefits. And of course, you know, we, 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 because I can tell you now, Ryan, people are going, no matter how much we say to them, don't think about this as your holiday fund, people will land up not everyone, but there will be a percentage of people who will access it and treat it like they're, they're like people do with their with their tax refund. So they contribute to retirement annuity, and they should take that tax refund and invest it because that's how you actually get the benefit. But no one does. So, but well, um, how how would the pension fund, the retirement fund, manage the liquidity around these withdrawals? Because of course they can't be investing that money long term if they know it's going to be accessed. Well, just before I answer that question, I thought I'd give you a very interesting stat that we looked at when we were considering what the impact would be of this 25,000 if everybody used to have access to it. In our umbrella fund, 15% of the membership own 90% of the assets. Nearly three quarters of members have a fund credit of less than six months of their salary. So there are the people that get it and will keep their access part and will come retire comfortably and those that don't. Mm. When we look at the liquidity call, I mean, yes, people will access money on a more regular basis, but there will be smaller values than the people who are leaving and cashing in their whole amounts. So largely speaking, the contributions that are coming in every month will more than likely solve the access issue. Okay. There may be an instance where, for example, there's COVID or there's a big event that then creates a liquidity crisis and, and, and lots of people are draining their access pots. But generally speaking, during the normal course of events, the access pot will be adequately funded. Remember that most of the investments that we have are pretty liquid anyway. They tend to be in unit trust because we have member choice and we allow people to switch daily. And so we, we are able to move those pots around. I think as an industry, we need to relook really at that because there's a lot of talk about the need to invest in the country, infrastructure investments. Those aren't as liquid. And so if we keep that retirement pot, 
in a way that's a little less liquid um, and it doesn't need to impact on the liquidity of the access pot. We can have one investment strategy for both. We could start to properly meaningfully invest in, in electricity infrastructure or water infrastructure to try and sort of get the economy going again. Oh, Rowan, you actually raised such an interesting point there about the benefit of the compulsory preservation portion. Is that because you can then start, you know, as a fund, you're not saying, well, every seven years, this person's going to be cashing in. You can actually start saying, right, these funds are available for the next 20 years. And we can start looking at 20 year um, infrastructure projects, which, which of course are very well, uh, well aligned to, to retirement funding. Um, uh, as long, of course, as, of course, trustees and fund managers get to choose the infrastructure that they invest in, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> we're not talking about prescribed assets. We're talking about genuinely viable, um, you know, investments that that will give market-related returns. Um, but on that note, Rowan, thank you so much. I think that that was really, really helpful. And I'm just glad we were able to touch base and, and just clarify exactly where the whole two-pot system is. Um, and, I mean, basically pretty much from the horse's mouth. You sit on Ned Black, you, you know what's going on, and I appreciate your input. Thank you. I hope it helps your listeners.